Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. MeUndies knows relationships aren't perfect. That's why they're celebrating imperfectly perfect matches with their new Valentine's Day collection. Right now, new customers get 25% off matching pairs. Match your bottom half to your better half in fun limited edition prints. Check out all of MeUndies' sustainably soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Get 25% off your first order of matching pairs plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash VDay25. On this episode of Killer Jeans, a beloved brother and father is found shot to death. My husband just shot himself at Roosevelt Street. Okay. Where did he shoot himself? There's no way. It looks like in the chest. He doesn't look like he's breathing. But the events of the tragedy present more questions than answers. Lisa, James, and my brother were fighting over an $80,000 check. An insurance check. And my brother was telling me, I'm not signing the check over to her. That's what we've been fighting about. Was the death of Carrie Owsley at his own doing? Or at the hands of another. I would have never, I would have never thought that somebody would even think that he would take his own life, you know? It just didn't make sense. Like, it just, it would never click. The following episode of Killer Genes contains graphic and sensitive information and material. Listener discretion is advised. Emmy-nominated true crime journalists bring you cases like you've never heard them before. Hear first-hand accounts from the victims' families, private investigators, lawyers, law enforcement, and even the convicted. Giving you a complete 360 of the case like no one else can. I'm Melissa McCarty. I'm Kelly McClear. And this is Killer Jeans. life. On April 7th, 2013, Carrie's wife Lisa called 911 around 1 p.m. to say that her husband shot himself in the chest. Law enforcement and medical personnel were dispatched to the home and Carrie's body would be taken out in a body bag. What would seem like a cut and dry case of suicide would be anything but. It would be years of legal battles Destroyed evidence, speculation, and a twisted tale of family ties that bind. For years, Melissa and I have been working cases that have been ruled a suicide, but evidence may point to something more sinister. We feel for these victims' families as they fight for anyone to listen to them. 
for anyone to notice that something is not adding up, and for justice to be served for their loved one's death. And the death of Carrie Owsley is no different. I met Carrie's sister, Cheryl, back in 2017, and when I heard the facts surrounding her brother's death, I knew I had to help in any way possible. At the end of this special series, we want to hear what you think. Did Carrie Owsley take his own life, or did someone want him out of the way? Carrie Owsley grew up in Indiana, and his best friend was his older sister, Cheryl Owsley Jackson. We're very close for one reason in particular, and that is, you know, we were born biracial in the 1960s in southern Indiana. So we really were fighting both sides. You know, we were fighting for each other all the time. And so I was older than him. And so he was often, often running to get me to come help him out because he was, he was born early. He had seven month baby. He was kind of a runt most of his life, little guy. And so, um, you know, we did a lot of, you know, fighting. You know, we, uh, we lived in black culture for a while where we were called half breeds and we fought there. We moved back to Columbus when I was 10 and he was eight and we were called as soon as we got to town. And so we did a lot of fighting, but ultimately in the community of Columbus, you know, we were good athletes, you know, good students. And we ended up being part of the culture there, very accepted for the most part um, in Columbus culture. So, but my brother and I are very close. He was, like I say all the time, he was so happy go lucky. He was the kind of kid who didn't want to fight anybody, didn't want any kind of arguments going on around him. While Carrie always had an optimistic outlook on life, he was, however, a little unlucky in love. Carrie Owsley's been scammed by every woman he ever met. They cleaned out his bank account. They stole everything he ever had. <laughs> I mean, it just—it was just the sort of gullible way that he was. And when he met Lisa Jane, he was trying to rescue her. Her sons, were, adult sons, were moving in and out. Both of them had drug problems, and so he ends up living with her, trying to help her manage the situation, and ultimately. She moves over to their side, and then there it's them against against Carrie. Cheryl is referring to Carrie's marriage to Lisa Janes. It was a blended family as Lisa had two sons, Josh and Dwayne Jr., with her ex-husband Dwayne Janes Sr., who was a local sheriff's deputy. And Carrie had a son, Logan, from a previous relationship. Tell us what your relationship was like with your father, Carrie. Um, me and my dad's relationship was. Uh any kind of son and dad relationship. We were always button heads and we always both had to be right. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I was almost out of his house every day that I was in town at the time I had a girlfriend that lived in Muncie. So every time I was in town in Columbus, I would, uh, every morning I would go over to his house and, uh, he put me to work or we'd do something, either sit there in the living room and watch TV and talk. And Did you guys talk I mean, a lot about the future? Um, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Um, there at the end, um, he, was, uh, he was talking about getting his own place. And at the time, I lived with my grandma. And he was letting me know, um, actually, the day... Day before he died, he told me that um, I was more than welcome to move in with him if I wanted to. And why was he leaving? You know, what did you know about his marriage to Lisa? Um, 
it was there was a lot of moving parts in that relationship uh i think it ultimately came down to the fact that he couldn't get any respect her kids disrespected him and she wouldn't stand up for him and when they would disrespect her he would stand up for her and he he just couldn't understand why um she couldn't stand up for him to her kids because me and my brother would never go over to their house and start calling his wife names. That's just like, that was their relationship. And we tried to stay out of it as much as possible. Main reason why I only went over there while she was at work, because I didn't want to get in a confrontation with her. Carrie had a tumultuous relationship with his stepson's, that his sister Cheryl heard about on numerous of occasions. I think the three days before he died, I talked to him for numerous uh, hours on the phone, even though I'd say months before he died, I was talking to him on and on. And my brother was sort of a external processor. So he would tell you, I said this, and then she said that. And it, it was just driving me crazy. You know, he says, I told them this, and they told me that. But then all those months of him kind of breaking that down for me, let me know exactly what was going on inside that house. And so when he died, I knew already what they were fighting about. I already knew who was likely the person who might have killed him. My brother was very clear. He said that Dwayne Jr. had pulled a gun on him. And my brother said, I grabbed him and I, I pushed him up against the garage. And I said, don't you ever pull a gun on me again unless you're going to kill me with it. And I said to him, I said, why did you say that? I mean, why would you even say that? And he said, listen, this guy's a sissy. He's not going to shoot anybody. But the other one, Josh. I'm afraid to go hunting with him because he really wants to kill somebody. And so I used that information along with all of the background information to determine who I thought pulled the trigger. My brother was fighting with Josh. Josh was trying to move back in the house the night before my brother moved out. And my brother was like, you're not moving back in here until I move out tomorrow. And Josh was like, yes, I am. And so my brother was planning on moving out of the house. Not only was Carrie fighting with Lisa's sons, but there was a big battle of contention in his relationship with Lisa, one with big dollar signs. What did you know about this $80,000 insurance uh, payout? Well, I, I knew it was over a car accident that had happened, and um, they had been um, going to court over it for a while, and there towards the end... Uh, things weren't going good with him and Lisa and uh, pretty much it came down to she got the check they called her to come get the check she went to go get the check him and her both went to go get the check and it had both of their names on it and she wanted him to sign his name off of it and for her to put it in a separate bank account with just her name on it and he, he didn't understand why she would want to do something like that. Who was injured for that insurance payout? I believe Lisa was. So it was, were they in the car together? I, I'm not sure. I can't really remember exactly what happened, but it like happened right outside of their house or something. But I don't know if dad was in the car or if it was just her. But either way, they were fighting over a, a good chunk of change. 
Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily that dad wanted it and she wanted it. It was just the fact that she wanted it and he didn't understand why it was just for her. Like, if they're married and together and trying to work things out, why would she do that? But at the same time, so, you know, your father is telling you that he's going to move out and get his own place. Was that, did he tell you anything about that? Like it was just a trial separation or was he seriously considering divorcing Lisa? Well, the last couple days is when everything kind of came to a head. So um, she got the check before he started um, talking like things were over and done with them. Like, it, it kind of built up momentum after they got that $80,000 check, and she wanted him to sign his name off of it, and he didn't understand why. And they just kept on fighting for days and days. And then uh, the day before he died, I went out and borrowed his truck to get a kayak. And when I brought it back to him, he was sitting in the chair, and he was just kind of just confused on yeah confused and hurt yeah Yeah. well it's got to be sad i mean how long were they together at that time Um, they were they were they had been married for two years two and a half years it was well known to cheryl the rocky relationship carrie and lisa had and that carrie was planning on moving out cheryl and carrie confided in each other often you also have an audio recording that you made of a conversation between mm-hmm. you and Carrie. What happened during that conversation and, and why did it stand out to you so much as maybe being a possible red flag? Well, honestly, I was interviewing Carrie. I was, I was, I was doing a story about my mother's life. I didn't know I was recording anything that was going to be relevant later. As a matter of fact, it dawned on me later that I had the recording. But he says to me, this, the complicated issue was, Carrie's mind was he had this gun safe you know, one of those tall ones. And his idea was, I'm not getting out of here with all the stuff I brought in here. So he's telling me, I'm going to put stuff in the sunset. He was very fiscally responsible, had some life insurance policies, had some cash. Dodie was a gun, Carrie was a gun collector. You know, I mean, that's part of the story. It's Indiana guns. He had a gun collector. He had some of my grandfather's guns in there. So he had guns in there. And his idea was that day that he was going to move, that his son and his best friend were going to come and help him move that gun safe. Well, then he had bought the safe from Lisa's son, James Jr., uh, Dwayne James Jr. So, so he starts telling me, he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, Lisa told me the safe I bought off her son isn't going no damn way. You know, and he said, that damn thing belongs to me. And so they knew that in that safe, I'm sure that he wasn't being all that subtle about it, that he was putting stuff in there. And also, they knew the life insurance was in there. They knew cash was in there. They knew that he had a lot of guns. And so um, they weren't going to let him take that safe that day. And so he, he was telling me that that was the context of that recording. This is the recording between Cheryl and Carrie. We apologize for the quality of the recording, but we think you can understand and feel Carrie's anger and sadness. You know, I talked to Lisa, and I've been communicating, but any time I say anything, I bring up anything about her sins, and it's the truth, I 
pushing it right off the bat. I said, well, what he did was wrong, wasn't it, Lisa? Yeah. I said, then why are you getting so defensive and upset? Because I'm going to sit here and talk to you about it. I'm getting duped behind my back. It just ain't happened yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She turned around and me in the gun safe that I bought off her son. Wasn't going no damn where. That damn thing belongs to me. I don't know where you're coming off at. I mean, sometimes I cannot help but to get shitty because it's almost like my own wife is trying to screw me. Not only was Carrie feeling outnumbered by Lisa and her sons, but he felt his life was in danger. When your brother said he would sleep with a gun under his pillow, specifically who was he referring to, and did he ever express the context, the buildup of why? Or was that just yeah, an off-the-cuff yeah. comment, comment? That was an email months before he started telling me the story of what was going on. And I think that my brother pretty much understood that once he started telling me what was going on, there would be no more chance for me to be getting along with those people. So he was kind of holding off. And so he sent me that email. And then shortly after that, he started telling me, he said in the email, he said, I'm having some trouble. And then he starts telling me about what's going on. And the main thing that was going on is that, you know, these people, um, constantly fighting the, the sons are adults, but they're moving in and out. Both of them have drug problems. Their father is a cop, so they do all kinds of at least minor illegal acts that he goes and confronts and gets them off of. And then my brother told me that the cop, Dwayne James Sr., had come to the house and confronted him about uh, having an argument with Josh James. So, and my brother was telling me that that almost came to blows because he was kind of telling him, and my brother was like, well, you know what? I pay the bills at this house, so you don't tell me what to do. And so that was sort of him uh, letting, and, and I'm surprised I didn't end up in a fight. Um, also, there's a recording that a 911 was recording where um, Josh James is calling the police. He says, hey, my stepdad and my brother are screaming, and you can hear them screaming in the background. He goes, we need the cops out here. Well, there are probably 10 times the cops are called to the house because of him in, in a disagreement with them. So initially, Carrie thinks he's doing this to help Lisa, you know, get these guys out of her house and not take advantage of her. But ultimately, she kind of turns against Carrie and she wants them, you know, allows them to move in and out, allows them to, you know, take things, you know, steal things, whatever. So um, Carrie and the other thing about Carrie is, I mean, he was just raised to work. That's what he was raised to do. You know, you have respect for yourself, you work. And so he would be on, you know, this kind of ongoing uh, being upset about them sleeping all day, not working. You know, that whole thing was just a, was the whole narrative was, they're not taking care of themselves. I'm taking care of them. And so that, that was their main fight. Um, so uh, I think that, and then Carrie decided to go divorce Lisa, but he was trying to hang on for her to cash the check. Lisa, James, and my brother were fighting over an $80,000 check. And my brother was telling me, I'm not signing it. And, and he's like, you know, he basically said these words, I am too old to start over again. I'm not signing the check over to her. That's what we've been fighting about. Carrie and Lisa would ultimately decide to go their separate ways. Carrie had made plans with Logan to move out of the house on Roosevelt Street on the morning of April 7th. 
you guys had plans for the morning of April 7th, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was supposed to come over and um, on the day he died and do our usual, uh, either help him in the garden or something around the house. But on the day he died, he called me, I think, three times. My dad was a very early morning kind of person. and He'd get up super, super early and he believed that everybody else was up already and ready to talk on the phone and he had called me one time the first time pretty early and told me um basically i need to get up and he needed some help with some stuff what and time is early like are you talking like four in the morning or are we talking like seven like six seven okay so he's telling you get your butt up and get over here i need your help with some stuff yeah and then um, I got another phone call from him, and he was he was very distraught. He was he was angry. He um he told me that um he'd had enough. He was done. He couldn't do it anymore. And that was the third call. The second call, I woke up for it was I think around eight ish, and he um he told me the that he was hurt and that she had woken up and he had already been up and he was sitting out in the, out in the living room and said that she had locked herself in the room all day, the day before when I had came in, borrowed the truck and she, she wouldn't talk to him. And he went to go confront her and like try to, he was, he would still, even until the, up until the, he died, I believe he was still trying to make things work because he'd waited 48 years 47 years to get married and then it like it wasn't just it wasn't just something for him like it was his first marriage he waited this long he thought it was it and he said he uh he went to go talk to her and she was getting in the shower and uh he tried to give her a kiss and she wouldn't give him a kiss and he was he was he was very very hurt about that and in between me talking to him the second time to the last time I talked to him when he was said he was done with it. He was over. He couldn't take it anymore that, um, he was, um, unloading the safe into the boat, into the truck. And he said he left his wallet in the truck to back up to the boat and go get a, um, a storage unit. He said, basically these people aren't getting anything from me. They're not taking any of my stuff. I'm done. And um, in between that last call and the call that I got from my grandmother saying that he had passed away, uh, I'm I'm not sure what happened, but I know he was he was not backing down this time. So when your father is saying, "I'm done. I've had it. I can't do this anymore." You never thought it had anything to do with him taking his life. It, you you took it as I'm done with this relationship. I'm out. I'm packing up my stuff and I'm leaving. Correct? Yeah i I would have never I would have never thought that somebody would even think that he would take his own life. You know what I mean? My dad was very a, a very proud person and not somebody that you would ever think would even think about doing something like that especially having having me come out and getting his stuff it just didn't make sense like it just it would never click when logan arrived at the house 
Carrie would be dead. A single gunshot wound to the chest. Lisa allegedly found Carrie on the floor of his office, surrounded by his own blood. Carrie's sister Cheryl questions every bit of Carrie's death, and in particular, the gun that was used. But then on the Sunday that he died, he called his own son and said, hey, come out here and help me move the safe. And Logan got in the shower, and by the time he got out there, Carrie was dead. So, you know, people would like us to believe that my brother called his only son and said, hey, come help me out, and then killed himself right before Logan got there. And it just doesn't make any sense to us. So leading up to Carrie's death, so obviously his relationship with his wife, Lisa, was very strained. Uh, both of her sons, Dwayne Jr. and Josh Jeans, both <laughs> probably had a hand in that of, of the strange marriage had a hand yeah. in the strained marriage. You've got an $80,000 check, right? You've got, you've got Carrie trying to move his items out. So much as calling a friend and his own son to come help him move that day. And Carrie allegedly yeah. shoots himself in the chest that morning. Not only shot himself in the chest, but standing on his head when he did it. And also shot himself with a small caliber gun that caused him not to die instantly, but live for five minutes while Lisa checked on the dogs and talked to the 911 operator about the windows and a bunch of other stuff. It took him five minutes to die. But Carrie Allison has been hunting since he was eight years old. He taught his own son to hunt. He was a, he was a gun lover. He was a gun collector. But he had even told his own son, you don't want to shoot a deer. You know, you want to try to shoot him in the head. If you don't, then you're going to have to chase him around because you're not going to die instantly. So so, so, so Carrie would have known, being a hunter, he he would have known a, a 380, right? I believe that's what it was, a 380. Yeah, Cal 380. A, a 380 gonna, is not going to be instantaneous. You are going to lay there and suffer. Yeah. So he would have grabbed one of the many other guns from his gun vault, gun safe, <laughs> if he was going to properly do the job. Sorry to be a little crude like that. but No, but well, on the honestly, same note as that is also why would he choose the chest? And knowing that, regardless of the power of the gun, why would he choose the chest knowing that it's not a sure thing if you really want to get into, you know, suicide? It's not necessarily quick in the chest area. And it's also a low percentage of people do that. But the most important question is, why would he use Dwayne James Sr.'s gun when he has his own gun? Why would he use Dwayne James Sr.'s gun to kill himself? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Carrie shot himself with Lisa's ex-husband's gun. That's right. On the next episode, a potential crime scene is tainted. Why do you touch every single piece of evidence in the crime scene? It is so contaminated by his DNA that maybe he thinks that we can never find the answer. And a fight over Carrie's body ensues. They were whispering back and forth, and then she sent Dwayne Jr. over by himself to tell me and my brother that they weren't going to have a funeral for my dad and that they were going to have him cremated. Thanks everyone for listening. Follow Killer Jeans on Facebook and on Instagram. It's at Killer Jeans, the podcast. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to Killer Jeans on Podcast One, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Caitlin Van Maal, host of I Survived. If you enjoy I Survived, we are excited to announce a new launch. Starting November 15th, we'll be reposting our classic episodes from season one of I Survived. We hope to reach a whole new audience with these important stories of survival. And for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, we think these powerful episodes warrant another listen. Starting November 15th, look out for those episodes and more news from I Survived. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. With Angie, you could cross your next project off your to-do list before this ad is even over. Just tell them what you need and they'll handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. Or browse reviews, compare quotes from pros and connect instantly all for free for everything from routine maintenance to a dream remodel. Because however you want your project done, they'll get it done. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com to get started. Is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells the same joke over and over? Somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Now, be honest. Is that somebody you? Look, MeUndies knows relationships aren't perfect. That's why they're celebrating imperfectly perfect matches with their new Valentine's Day collection. Starting now and for a limited time only, new MeUndies customers get 25% off matching pairs and free shipping. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies' sustainably soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Get 25% off your first order of matching pairs, plus free shipping, at MeUndies.com slash VDay25. That's MeUndies.com slash VDay25.